The Tom Sumner Program. Old fashioned radio for a new generation. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, John. You know that. Easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, uh, that's a very good question. Uh, Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm all right, Tom. How are you? Hey, lucky day, Mrs. Sumner. Ciao, Tom. How are you today? That's a good question. <laughs> Hi, this is actor, comedian Jonah Pody, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, what's his name? Uh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom. How are you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. This is Mayor Sheldon Neely, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Show. Hey, welcome back, everybody. This is the Tom Sumner Program. My guest this hour is a neurotransformational coach who teaches leaders how to diffuse stress, catapult collaboration, foster innovation, retrain their brain, and lead others in a process she calls PEACE, which is an acronym that she can explain to us in just a moment, as well as what exactly neurotransformational means. Her name is Rachel Tenenbaum, and she joins me by phone. Hi, Rachel. Good morning, and welcome to the show. Hi, Tom. Good morning. Delighted to be here with you. Okay, we we got to do the glossary part first. Um, no transformational coaching. What the what what the heck is that? Yeah, what is that exactly? And then we'll get into the acronym because the acronym's pretty cool too. Absolutely. So it's coaching, but effectively, I help people both understand um, and maximize their brains. So. Um, It's effectively like giving them a metaphorical user's manual to how the brain works because so often I feel like we feel like we're a, a, not going to say a victim of our brains, right, but we're sort of a product and it like does this thing that we have no control over and that's actually not the case. And the more that we cultivate an awareness and the knowledge of what's actually happening in our brain and what we can do in times of stress or anxiety or rumination, whatever it may be that isn't allowing us to be effective to whether it's an effective leader, CEO, um, or just effective in our lives. Um, It's nice to know that there are things that we can do to both rewire our our neural neural pathways, um, change our habits, right, is basically what that means, um, change the way that we respond to things, and um, get more ultimately out of whether it's our leadership or our lives. Well, when you talk about neurotransformational, you know, I always think in in terms of the fact that I hear these little voices in my head, and they're (laughs) they're not telling me to do bad things or anything, but I think we all have a little voice yeah. in our head. And and I guess my question is, are are we just subject to what the voice says or can we script for it? We can work with them, right? Um, <laughs> and that's one of those things, right? We can't necessarily script for it. Be like, here's, here's your script today. This is what I'd like you to say. Now go ahead and say it. Practice, right? Um, doesn't exactly work that way. Well, I just but, want to tell uh, that voice in my head, don't say that. <laughs> say this. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> here's your monologue for today. Please go ahead and deliver this to me. You've got it, Tom. You are going to be exceptional today. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, 
so those voices, uh, you know, some people call them saboteurs, right? They can sabotage <laughs> us, uh, especially if you, we're talking about work and our lives. It's, it, those are the voices that have us have that imposter syndrome. Who well, am I to do this? Yeah, I, I, I didn't mean to admit that there were plural voices. But, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but Tom, <laughs> let's be real. Yeah. I'm inside your head right now. So. There you go. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, so whether they are one or as a collective group or they're multiple, um, I like to think of them as multiple. Like sometimes they seem like they're one, but when you sort of tease them out, uh, you realize that they have different personalities and they have different motivations, drivers, and their intent is to keep you safe. Right? Well, and they However, represent different aspects of, absolutely. of our um, emotional being. Exactly. And, um, you know, there's, you know, for one, one executive and client, he's got a little boy inside of him that just stomps his feet and says, you can't make me. Right. Um, and that, can play out when not well managed or worked with. And then there's another voice that believes that everyone is ignorant and can't see properly, right? And when we have those voices, I kind of, I like to refer to them as, you know, tweens. So not yet <laughs> a teenager, not like they think they're adults and they're tweens and they're convinced that they know how to drive. But if you actually were to give them the wheel of your life, you'd end up on a pileup in the nearest interstate. That's <laughs> kind of how I, I enjoy referring to them. Um, and so they, they believe they know what they're doing. But when you actually can take a step back and you can acknowledge them and you can listen to them for a moment, you can also redirect them. You can put them in the backseat, buckle them up and say, you know what? Right now is not really the time for you to drive. I hear what you're <laughs> saying. And let me take control of the wheel right now. Rachel, you really are inside my head. <laughs> I've been told that by many clients, but usually for a good reason. They're like, you're inside my head. And so I did this thing, and I did it the right way. You know, their right way. It's right for them. <laughs> I have all of those things going on, especially the little boy, because I've really been putting off growing up for as long as I possibly could. What does he sound like? Hmm? He sounds he a sound lot like, like are, me. Yeah. He, okay. He sounds a lot like me. He's he's uh, his voice has matured, but not much else. Hmm. And here's the thing: is I don't doubt that he brings some gifts, right? He brings some play, right? There's a way to harness in the best ways. But when he's the obstinate child who's stomping his feet and saying, "You can't make me. I don't wanna." Uh, it, it's it's. Nice to take a step back and say, hold on, let's take a deep breath. Just like, you know, just because a child says that to its parents, it doesn't mean it's the right thing. Uh, and let's see where you're coming from. Let's, let's assess. And it sounds like it takes a lot of time, but really there's often a lot of wisdom beneath it when you're willing to take a deep breath, look at it, and note what's there, and then note how you want to move forward and choose. I, I guess I would just I would just say my my inner child sees the world as as a never ending cartoon. <laughs> mm. Yeah, you know I'm always looking for the humor. Oh, I love that. And the fun in stuff. Mm. And so you know I I kid about not you know not growing up and or you know growing up getting older kicking and you know fighting and kicking and you know, mm. trying not to grow up. But um, but the truth is, is that 
I, I really want to hang on to the mirth. Mm. There's so much, I feel, that children do bring to our lives and to the world, right? That insatiable curiosity. If we all had that and held on to that curiosity, which I definitely try to, rather than just deciding that we know because we're older or we're adults and we should know, but that curiosity is what bridges divides. It's what opens up worlds. It's what makes something that could otherwise be mundane truly fascinating. You know, you could have a little butterfly pass you by and not care, or that could be a moment <laughs> of awe. I don't know. I'm and curiosity. I, I, I'm completely distracted at that point. It's, oh, look, a butterfly. <laughs> um, but... Uh, but in all seriousness, I, I, I mentioned that um, you promote a, uh, a process that you call peace for, mm-hmm. you know, retraining uh, our brains and, and, and then maybe scripting them a little bit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, but you call it peace, and peace is an acronym. Do you want to tell us about that and how you came up with that idea? Absolutely. Um, So I was talking to, speaking with a client or actually a couple of clients, and the theme that kept coming up was just more than anything else, prioritize your peace, right? Whether you're going into a meeting and um, you know that some of the other C-suites that you're struggling with are going to act or behave in a certain way or there's going to be tension, in conversations, the brain likes to plan. It likes to know, right? It loves to predict. The brain is a prediction machine, right? And so it is trying to predict 10 steps ahead of anything that's <laughs> happening. And in that anticipation, you mean I'm it can not get the you only, riled up. You, you mean I'm not the only one who drives to a meeting mm-hmm. hearing the, the conversation play out before it's been had? No, Tom, you are not. So I'll tell you what I tell all my clients. Tom, you are very special, but you are not uniquely specially messed up. <laughs> um, but no, so, uh, you know, everybody is playing out to your point. They're playing out how a meeting is going to go. And they're already deciding how they're going to respond. But it and always so- makes me laugh because I'm trying to script things for other people who haven't even responded yet. Exactly, and, and, and you're creating whole scenarios, and and then it doesn't go that way, and it's almost like I'm completely unprepared for what's happening because it's nothing like the way I rehearsed it. Absolutely, and here's the, the other problem with that is is that because your brain is a prediction machine, and because it's looking to be right, the brain loves to be right. I say versus we love to be right, like the brain loves to be right. It looks. See, for I thought that was just me too. <laughs> teaching you all new things about yourself today um no it's just of, I, I i feel like i've discovered my people <laughs> <laughs> there you go exactly your people are everywhere um but because the brain likes to be right if there is something that someone does that somehow lines up or fits into the mold of what you've already created in your head whether it's somebody takes a deep breath and it's like, oh, see, he's already upset. I can tell. It then kicks into the mode of responding to that deep breath or whatever that signal was as if 
see, I'm right. He's got it. He's going down this alley. So I'm going to use everything I've practiced or then we get reactive and we respond. And all of a sudden we're stirring our own inner peace, right? And we're more focused on being right. We're more focused on making a point than we are focused on first coming from a place of peace so that we can think with clarity so that we can really be response able to what is unfolding in the moment rather than reactive. And so the more that we, in my opinion, prioritize our peace, we're able to be, at the end of the day, response-able. And I'm, I will walk through the acronym, but for, for my clients and the work that we're doing or for, for you, right, for anyone who is listening, when we get so caught up in how things will play out, how we're going to be right, how we're going to navigate, we miss opportunities to actually navigate the moment because we're doing what we've rehearsed in our minds, the neural pathways that we've already wired, which ultimately don't cultivate peace for us or for our relationships half the time. You know, it's, what's interesting is something that, that occurred to me while we were talking about this sort of planning out responses. Um, yeah. What, what I have discovered and found kind of interesting are are some of the little glitches that occur um, from emails and electronic mm. communications because Absolutely. so often we something happens to us some stimulus happens to us we stub our toe or you know we get bit by the dog or something and then we go and read an email and we read that email very differently than the way it was written. Absolutely. And then we respond to the way we're reading it and not the way it was written. And I've I've found that to be very troublesome on occasion. You know, literally starting fights that were never meant to happen. Absolutely. And I you know, there's so many things that come up in response to that. Um and I'll just start by saying that has to do with our mindset and where our brain is. And in that moment, it is more primed to protect us, right? We just went through something or something happened. And so your brain takes in about 2 million bits of information at any given moment, but it can only consciously process 126. And so if that's the case, you're, you're in that moment primed to pick out details, right? Or we're in that space. So you're, you're reading it through a dirty filter, is, is how I articulate it. But what you're speaking to is an email, but that actually also happens in our communication constantly. You stub your toe, somebody says something, you pick up a couple of words, you don't hear everything, or you don't understand the language exactly in terms of how they're using it, right? Your use of the word integrity might be different than mine. And so then all of a sudden you're, you're, you're hearing and you're listening and you're experiencing the world through um, a dirty filter and a dirty lens, which doesn't create clear communication or what you actually want. More with neurotransformational coach Rachel Tenenbaum. Straight ahead. Tom Sumner, program.com. The Tom Sumner, program.com. Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. 
I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is working to help keep you and your community safe from the threat of novel or new coronavirus. If you have traveled to a country with a widespread outbreak of COVID-19, CDC recommends you stay home and check your health for 14 days after returning to the United States. Take your temperature with a thermometer two times a day. Watch for symptoms like fever, cough, and trouble breathing. And if you feel sick or have symptoms, call ahead before you go to a doctor's office or emergency room. Tell the doctor about your recent travel and your symptoms, and avoid contact with others. For more information, visit cdc.gov. Hey, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. Catch me and a gaggle of great guests weekdays on Our Voices Radio, WFOVLP 92.1 FM. You never know who might drop by. Joe By from the Blue Hornets. Dan Serling. Congressman Dan Kildee. Alexander Zondrick. Dr. Comedian Joe Napote. Woodrow Stanley. U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow. State Senator Jim Ananick. Comedian Brian McCree. The unknown comic. Mark Farner. And Tom, I want you to know Tom's my friend. You, you've always got great questions, and you know the material, and you, and you care about it, and it's, uh, it's, that's impressive. Nice to be with you, Tom. And I admire you for reading all of that. I haven't read the whole thing. I've got willing to admit that. <laughs> hey, Tom. This is my favorite interview always. You, you, <laughs> it's like having coffee at the kitchen table with you. Tune in Monday through Friday from 9 to 12 right here on 92.1 of a Kind. And check out our website at TomSumnerProgram.com. Yo, speaking. Oh, dear. Honey, our car warranty is expiring again. So soon? It just expired last week. You don't even own a car! Not now, Dana. Your father's on the phone. Hey! Mom and Dad, you're being scammed! It's a robocall! Scammers are using new technology and clever tactics to make more and more calls that look legitimate, but are hard to trace. They can make it look like they're calling from any number, even from numbers of people you know. My robocall crackdown team is working with state and federal partners to stop the robocalls for good, but I need your guys' help. Don't trust your caller ID. Verify you're really talking to the person whose number appears when your phone rings. If you accidentally answer a robocall, hang up right away. Engaging in conversation will only lead to more calls. Use a call blocking app on your cell phone that stops robocalls before they interrupt your day. And if you do get a robocall, File a complaint with my office online at mi.gov slash robocalls. And mom, dad, please do not give your information out to these scammers over the phone. They're just trying to trick you. Well, at least they call. No, I get it. You're busy. But you know, Janine's daughter is a doctor. She calls every week. A doctor. I'm Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel. Visit mi.gov slash agcomplaints for your connection to consumer protection.
Hello, this is State Senator Jim Ananick, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. More with neurotransformational coach Rachel Tenenbaum. Straight ahead. So to circle back to just the email, right, we'll respond. And then maybe half an hour later, you wish you could, you know, not you, but whomever sent it is like going to wish that they could go out and retract that email and pull it back out of space. But you can't because now you've started a cycle where you responded. You thought they said something because you stubbed your toe. You responded in a way that was short, curt, or not as warm. And then they, they read that, you know, and felt that. And so then they responded, like and kind. Yeah, see, I worry about those things with with uh, emails and electronic communications and even some, you know, some other forms of written communications, notes and memos and so on, um, more than people in person. In person. Uh, yeah. Because there, there's... There are facial expressions and body language and tone of voice and and other uh, cues to pick up on um, so we can train ourselves to be a little more receptive, I think, more easily when we're talking, you know, person to person, face to face. Without a doubt. uh, I absolutely agree with you. And I'll add, though, however, that those types of moments still, there's a great study that was done um, by somebody, I forget when she did it. She did it when she was at Columbia or Yale. She's been at Columbia, Yale, and Stanford. She teaches currently at Stanford, has a research lab at Stanford. I think she did her undergrad at Columbia and then her did her PhD at Yale or maybe um, the flip-flop. But she did a study, and it was with 124 college students. And they were... Um, they were put through a number of different rigorous tests to determine their different states of um, stress. And they were at, like, this entire test was to figure out if mindset had an impact on stress. So if you believe stress was good, how would you respond? If you believe stress was bad, how would you respond? Right? And so they were primed. But what I thought was really interesting was for those that were really at heightened levels of stress, they were shown a number of facial images, and they weren't able to recognize or see the positive facial expressions. They were only able to pick out negative ones and were more skewed towards anything that was neutral as negative. That's interesting. And I've seen some things done like that where, yeah. um, where like maybe the lower half of a person's face is covered up. Yeah. Or... The eyes are covered up, and and so the full expression isn't uh, isn't seen. In that, I, I, there's so much in that space that I think is fascinating, and you know what you're speaking to is in that moment you don't have full access to their face, right? So it can mean a myriad of things, and in the moments where we do have full access, we're not always interpreting it clearly, which is what is also fascinating and it kind of has us sort of do this double take on ourselves of, okay, wait a minute. So you're telling me that what I'm seeing isn't necessarily accurate, then how do I trust myself? Um, and that's where, you know, we get to peace or that's where we get to, okay, well, these are the tools that help you see more clearly, relate more clearly and engage more clearly, whether it is through email or in person. Well, let's, let's talk about, uh, peace um, by itself and the process that you have named 
peace? Because peace says a lot by itself. Absolutely. I would agree with you on that one. And then you've, <laughs> and then you've taken, a, taken it a step farther by, you know, pulling together, you know, turning it into an acronym that represents pause, embrace, acknowledge, choose, and engage, which I've been reading for half an hour, and, and I still haven't memorized it yet. Um, it sounds like you did. <laughs> it's it's easy. I, I have a cheat sheet. On radio, you have paper. Yeah, yeah. on radio, you, you get to have that paper right in front of you. I have a cheat sheet. In fact, when I was doing uh, face-to-face interviews in the studio, I used to mm. ask people, even though I had, you know, pages of notes and stuff, if they had a business card. So, so that I could set the business card right there in front of me below the microphone and I, I would be able to remember their name and title without having to think about it for a minute. I um, think that's smart and very fair. Um, but, uh, but in all seriousness, this, um, yeah. this acronym for peace is um, not just the goal but the path. Yes, and I think, so when, when you said, how did this come to be, right? Yeah. Um, and I shared, you know, there was a period of time where I was speaking to a number of clients, and then what was really resonating was how essential it is to prioritize peace uh, with colleagues in general so they could have the most effective results. And that, in a lot of ways, is conceptual, right? Through our work, it makes sense, but then it's what are the tools that help you get there? What are the tools that enable you to actually do that. Sounds great. Great. It wouldn't be nice if we all prioritized our own peace. Then what, right? And this is, as you say, this is the pathway. This is the action. And it is uh, an amalgamation of tools that I offer and that I use with clients on a daily basis. Obviously, there's a lot more tools, but these together culminate towards offering you that ability to prioritize your peace. Um, and to make shifts and changes that are more in alignment with the outcomes that you desire. So shall I start and walk you through it? Yeah, please. Okay. So the first one is pause. Very simple. And it sounds simple. Great. A pause. But Viktor Frankl, um, and I, I don't want to butcher the quote. I'm like, now that I'm bringing it up, but it's, you know, he, he speaks about that, that space between stimulus and response. And when you lengthen that space between stimulus and response, there are a myriad of other options that avail themselves to you. Stimulus or an activation. Yeah, go ahead. I, I was just thinking, and, and, and I, I kind of got distracted for a minute because I remembered a moment with my, my mm. oldest daughter when she was young and one of her friends had a problem. It was a fairly serious problem, and she went to my okay. daughter for advice. And she told me about this later, and it was a very proud moment for me because my mm. my daughter's response was, give me five minutes. I've got to think about this. Mm. And I, and I, I would was be just, a proud father, too. And I was just thrilled to hear that that's how she responded. And it, and it wasn't, you know, her bragging to me about, you know... Um, you know how she knows. Look everything. what I did, Dad. Yeah, yeah. Like like she usually does. <laughs> but but I but I was thrilled to hear that because I think what you're talking about there is so important that 
take a beat, take a breath, you know, give yourself some time to collect your thoughts before you respond. respond. Well, that's where you become more responsible, right? Um, I love that word, like responsible, but it's responsible. And when you are just going based on you're activated and this is your automatic response, it doesn't mean that aligns with your greater goals. It just means it's what you're habituated to do. And that habit can be 20 or 30 years old. It can be that habit that is a response from that inner child that we were talking about. Or that you know, that person that believes, you know, that little inner voice that says, oh, nobody knows anything. Right? But when you really take a step back and you take a moment to pause, five minutes sounds like a long time, but it's also no time at all. And it enabled your daughter, no doubt, to be far more effective in how she was able to support her friend. Yeah, exactly. It was, you know, let me let me think about how I'm going to respond to this. What are the, you know, what are the implications? What are the, you know, uh, potential problems? You know, what are the the various courses of action? And that that just that in that moment. Not to mention the fact that you can let tension ease. Exactly. Well, and that's part of it. It's so our. Um, that's when you need to do it the most. Exactly. <laughs> Not just well, when that's... you're trying to be creative, but but when when things seem to be heating up or getting tense, you know that that pausing for a moment. Absolutely. So our brains, um, which are 2% of our body weight, are require 20% of our oxygen and our caloric intake. And so when we get activated, right, another word for that is triggered, but, you know, a lot of um, dialogue is shifting to the word activated. You are ultimately, often what happens, let's say somebody activates you and things are getting heated, to use your words, there are chemicals that are starting to spew in your brain in that moment, right? Something's happened and it puts you on higher alert. Now, if you want to be able to think even more clearly and you're having trouble accessing and you feel like you want to respond based on that activation, by taking a moment to pause and just by breathing, you're bringing oxygen and nutrients into your brain so that you can re-engage and actually have greater access to that prefrontal lobe and that prefrontal cortex, so that, which is the health of our executive functioning, so that you can think more clearly. And so yeah. that pause, that breath, that's also part of not just about the creativity, but that's also about that ability to diffuse a situation for yourself. Yeah, See, go ahead, it, it's, it's so interesting because I, I looked at the, uh, and you refer to PEACE, the acronym, as a process. And and I was thinking of it as, well, peace is kind of a goal and a process for how to get there. And as yeah. soon as I saw the word pause, I thought, boy, the minute you pause, you're halfway there. Yeah. Each of these things, I mean, we can, we'll go through all of it. But if you just pause, that in of itself is enough. That's, right? that's the biggest part of it. Because it goes exactly. on, it, it, it goes on to embrace, acknowledge choose and engage and and that's that's all about reason and implementation and and all of that which is wonderful but it's just that that first 
part is so critical. Like I said, mm. you know, as soon as you get the pause, you're halfway there. Absolutely. And it's also necessary in order to leverage the rest. Right? Yeah, yeah. If you're exactly. not pausing, you can't. You can't do the rest, which is why this so beautifully unfolded as it did. It's not like P was in the middle of the word piece, yeah. right? And it's like, oh, and by the way, you want to pause. Like, after you've done these things, then you pause. It's like, no, it's perfect. It's right at the beginning. Yeah, before you embrace and acknowledge, you really should pause and then choose and engage. No, you, you, it, it, it works really well that way. As, it really does. It really does. As a goal and, and a process. Absolutely. So that leads us to E, right? Um, which is embrace. Um, and this one can be really difficult for a lot of people, and there's a lot of resistance to it. But it's initially, right, until they realize the power of it. But it's embracing what you cannot change, right? Just before we got on, we were speaking about, you know, what the last two years have been. Right? And you can spend your time resisting what is, but that doesn't change anything. When we embrace and we give ourselves permission to acknowledge, hey, this is the way that it is, whether it's about a situation or an individual, right? We can resist the fact that somebody in our life is reactive or um, a hot wire, and we can be frustrated with it. Or we can say, okay, this is just the way that that is, which gives you the opportunity to say, okay, given the situation, now what do I want to do? It's not about, it's not about, um, what's a word that I want to use? Being submissive or not being strong, but it's actually what enables you to be stronger well, and to be more empowered. Yeah. You know, it, it depends on how you look at it. The, you know, the pandemic for a lot of people felt somewhat repressive. You know, don't go Absolutely. anywhere, don't do anything. Some people were laid off of work, you know, with with no power over that. But yet, for some people, there was this silver lining built into it because it was this big, giant pause in the way that the world goes round and it has changed things for a lot of people who became entrepreneurs who you know were able to change their work relationships into these hybrid work from home things and and there have been some positive things that people have been able to um actually uh, access and leverage yeah yeah because they had a moment. Exactly. And they embraced it, whether it was good or bad. I mean, exactly. for most people, exactly. it Thank impacted you. business in a not positive way. But when you can embrace that things are changing and you're not trying to resist it and go back to, okay, but because this would be, otherwise it would be, well, we're still going to do in person. We're still going to make it happen. Like, no, that's not really working for most businesses and organizations right now. And so when you embrace and say, okay, great, this is what's going on. There's nothing I can do about that in the scenario. I can try and go against the flow, but it's not going to be very effective, right? Then it says, okay, great, given this, what do I, like, what do I want? That's what leads us to acknowledge. Great, given the circumstances, now that I've embraced that this is the situation, the scenario, what are, what are the bigger picture goals of what I want? Right. What I want is to be able to feed my family. What I want is to grow my business. What I want is to disseminate more information to more individuals to support them. Okay, great. 
now I know that bigger picture of what I want versus just focusing on trying to change something that I can't change and that I have no control over. And so that's, that's the A is acknowledge, great, given the circumstances, now that you've embraced what actually is, what do you want? And also acknowledging what would get in the way, what habits, right? What reactive tendencies, what habitual ways would get in the way of what you actually want? Because, you know, one of my favorite quotes, and I, I quote it often, is until you make the unconscious conscious, it'll direct your life, and you'll call it fate, Carl Jung. You know, until you make the unconscious conscious, it'll direct your life, and you'll call it fate. So you, we have all these unconscious drivers in our lives, just like those saboteurs or mind monkeys or gremlins we were talking about at the beginning. But until we bring them to the conscious fore, until we become aware of them, they direct our life. And then we're like, this is the way that life is. We don't have control over it. Um, and so by taking a step back to look and to say, okay, great, what habits or actions of mine would get in the way of that bigger picture of what I want, whether it's insecurity or not believing in myself, okay, this is what I need to shift, right? Now I'm aware of what I need to shift. And that gives you power and leverage. Agreed. And and then, um, and, and we're, um, I can't believe how fast the time is going, Rachel, if I seem a little bit uh, distracted, it's because I don't want to run out of time. So if we could, okay. if we could. We're going to wrap up the last two, exactly, which, um, you know, from that, now that we have acknowledged what gets in our way, we get to choose a new action. What is an action that is more aligned with what it is that we've acknowledged that we wanted, given the circumstances, right? Um, so an executive who wants to grow his business but is dealing with, you know, a major downturn, given the circumstances, he gets to choose a different action, a different approach to move in the right way, right? And that's what leads us to the final E, is now that you've chosen, this is where you have to actually engage and engage wholeheartedly. And this is where you actually do something different, right? There's a difference between choosing it mentally and then actually engaging and also engaging fully. Because so often we'll engage, but it'll be like a toe in the water. <laughs> well, like, I chose a new action. I chose not to be reactive, but like it was just a toe in the water. I was a little passive aggressive. Oh, I think my right? favorite just, example of that has to be the arm and hammer baking soda people. When people stopped baking so much at home, they started convincing people that they could pour the product down their sink and it would make their sinks smell better. But you want to talk about, you know, rethinking, you know, your approach. You know, how brilliant was that? People are putting boxes of baking soda in their refrigerator and pouring it down the drain. Absolutely. Right? It's a whole new market. Now you need boxes rather than something that you use over the course of time for baking. Right, right, exactly. Any, anyway, this is fascinating, Rachel, and I am so glad that you were um, available and willing to spend some time with me and the listeners this morning. And, and I want to, uh, as I do with all my guests, give you an opportunity to uh, let listeners know where they can find out more about what we've been talking about and more about you and your work, past, present, and future. Do you have a website you'd like to share? I do. It is IamLiving.us. So www.IamLiving.us. 
We didn't even get to talk about I Am Living. So it's his own acronym. <laughs> Apparently, I like acronyms. It's been a while. That was the first acronym, <laughs> and there wasn't one for a long time. And then there was peace. Not, there wasn't another one for about seven years. Well, that's... You get both of them this morning. Well, that's okay, because... You know, I, I like acronyms. They they make me LOL. There um, you go. We get to remember <laughs> it. Much easier. No, that's that's true. I you know, I I mean the phone number for the studio is three three nine talk. Mm. See? Makes it easy. Helps that's the brain. Right. That's right. That's what we're talking about today. Anyway, we've, we've got to wrap it up here, but I've enjoyed this conversation so much, Rachel. I hope we get together and do it again. And, um, and, and I can't help asking, because I keep looking through my, do- my notes for the title of your book. <laughs> when it is, is coming. I was going to say, <laughs> when is the book coming? And I hope you'll come back when the book is done. Absolutely. There's a title for it, but not sharing that one just yet. <laughs> You're still trying to figure out the acronym for it? No. Oh, that would be funny <laughs> if there was an acronym related to the, the title. Um, but I, I'm not putting that one out there just yet. It's, I'm excited about the title. Well, I, um, I, I guess we'll have to leave it there, but um, but I hope you'll come back and we'll talk about the book and the title and uh, all kinds of other good stuff. My guest is uh, Rachel Tenenbaum. She is a neurotransformational coach who um, leads others in a process she calls peace. Pause, embrace, acknowledge, choose, and engage. And uh, thank you so much, Rachel. It's been an honor and a privilege meeting and meeting you and getting a chance to talk with you. And uh, thanks again. Keep up the good work. Likewise. Thank you so much for your time and for having me, Tom. It's been a delight. All right. Take care. Once again, that was neurotransformational coach Rachel Tenenbaum talking about uh, leading other people in a process she calls peace. And we'll have more of the Tom Sumner program straight Isolated life.
Hey, <laughs> this is the Unknown Comic, and guess what? You're listening to the Tom Sumner Show right now, and now, and now too, and even now. It's 2022, and this year, the Tom Sumner Program begins its 14th year. It would not be here without support through the years from individuals and organizations like these. Seth David Radwell. East Village Magazine. Flint Institute of Music. Hello! I'm Maestro Ricky Mac. Flint Community Schools. MTA Flint. Flint Comics and Entertainment. Hamity Complete Food Center. The Flint River Watershed Coalition. W.H. Weiscarver. The Genesee County Road Commission. Long Museum Auto Fair. Thomas Appliance. The Genesee Health Plan. Whiplet Technology. My Community College. It's Pure Michigan. Friends on Facebook have also helped by contributing to the show's online fundraisers two or three times a year. If you would like to help the Tom Sumner program continue to thrive by becoming a sponsor, send an email of interest to Tom at TomSumnerProgram.com. Add your name to the list of supporters, past, present, and future. Right now, the COVID-19 vaccines are available to millions of Americans, and soon, they will be available to everyone. This vaccine means hope. It will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. I want to go back to work, and I want to be able to move around. To visit with Michelle's mom, the hugger, and see her on her birthday. You know what I'm really looking forward to is going to opening day in Texas Rangers Stadium with a full stadium. We've lost enough people and we've suffered enough damage. In order to get rid of this pandemic, it's important for our fellow citizens to get vaccinated. I'm getting vaccinated because we want this pandemic to end as soon as possible. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. So roll up your sleeve and do your part. This is our shot. Now it's up to you. Do you ever feel like you need an attitude adjustment? Are you wishing there was a magic pill or a new app for your mobile device? Why don't you try live local music? Music can make you dance, bring back fond memories, inspire you to be more creative, whether you attend a child's school concert or recital, go to a local symphony concert, Visit local bars and restaurants that feature dance music, sing-along piano, or jazz and blues. Music could be just what you're looking for. Supporting live local music is more than a way to support your local artists and economy. It's a great way to improve your own quality of life. Support live local music. This message is brought to you from the Tom It's Dana. Dana? Something must be wrong. She never calls. Dana? What's wrong? Take this down. She's stranded on the side of the road. I'm not. She needs us to send her an Amazon gift card. I don't. And she'll use it to pay the tow truck driver. I won't. Mom, Dad, that's not me. It's a scam. Scam artists will call, text, or email people trying to get them to buy a gift card from Amazon or some other company. And then ask for the gift card number over the phone. 
Remember, gift cards are for gifting, not for paying people. If someone asks for payment using a gift card from Amazon, Target, or some other store, it's a scam. Hang up or delete the message. These scammers are awful. Wish they'd pretend to be her brother sometimes. Be nice to hear from him. For more tips on avoiding scams, visit michigan.gov slash AG for your connection to consumer protection. I get the uneasy feeling Rod Serling is behind one of those doors. Rod Serling. Rod Serling. What's this, the Twilight Zone? Where is everybody? I would have been headed for the Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone. If I go any lower, I'll be in the Twilight Zone. All right. Oh, but Jethro's right at home in the Twilight Zone. I'm in the Twilight Zone. Now, having made this little jaunt into the Twilight Zone, I got a feeling something strange is about to happen. Hi, this is Ann Serling, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. So do you feel it? Y'all got a heart beating inside your chest. That means if you can feel the music, you can feel the rhythm. What a difference a day made 24 little hours Under the sunshine and the flowers Well, there used to be rain My yesterday was blue, dear Now I'm a part of you, dear, dear, dear da, 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 da. All my lonely lives are through, dear Since you said you were mine That moment of bliss Oh, that thrilling, thrilling kiss When it's heaven when you Find romance on your menu Talking about a difference A day I made What will the difference in you Tell me when you, when you 
Hey, that wraps it up for today's uh, St. Patrick's Day edition of the Tom Sumner program. I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, from me to you, uh, Aaron Gobra and uh, Slancha. Happy St. Patrick's Day and stuff and junk. I want to say thanks to all the guests that uh, made this such a fun show today. Rachel Tenenbaum this last hour, moving from stress to peace. And um, and then, of course, uh, uh, pre-pandemic encore with uh, uh, Mark Patterson and Nancy Holst-Pullen, the uh, co-authors of National Geographic's Atlas of Beer. And we started out this morning talking about the 2022 study from uh, uh, Lawn Starter um, with uh, their editor-in-chief, Jeff Herman. Anyway, it was a great way to spend, uh, or at least to start out St. Patrick's Day. I hope you have a great day. Eat, drink, be merry, all that good stuff. But uh, be careful. Don't drive if you're going to be imbibing, as they say. In the meantime, I'll be back tomorrow with another edition of the Tom Sumner Program, and I hope that you will be too. So uh, have a great St. Patrick's Day, and, um, well... I guess we'll just end it there. Good night, everybody. The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show. We want to acknowledge all of our guests who play such an important role in the show and our cavalcade of cohorts from coast to coast for their regular contributions. Most of the musical accompaniment was provided by people in or from the Flint area. Many of the pre-recorded portions of the Tom Sumner program are made possible by Flint's own Steve McComb and Pencil Sketch Recording in Nashville, Tennessee. If you have comments, questions or suggestions about the show, find us on Facebook. This is Prue Clearwater. Join us next time for another edition of the Tom Sumner program. And thanks for listening.